Friends, liturgically, we are still in the season of Pentecost, where we acknowledge the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit birthed the Christian church, how the Holy Spirit breeds Christian community, and how the Holy Spirit bestows power on us to victoriously run the Christian race. And so before we get into the scriptures this morning, I have a two-minute video clip that I want you to give your attention to now, and then we'll get going with today's message. So that, that just gives you a little idea about what the sermon is about this morning. Uh, in pursuit of the prize, uh, let us pray. O oh God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who has brought us thus far on our way, and O oh God who by your might led us into your light, keep us forever upon your path, we pray. We invoke and invite now a special anointing to open our hearts and our minds to be open and receptive to what the Holy Spirit will have us receive this day. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Speak to me, through me, and for me. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. Indeed, O oh God, you are our rock and our radical redeemer. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen. Friends, now for the scripture readings, I'll just read two passages, and you'll hear me weave scripture throughout on today's message. And the first is from Psalm 139, the 139th Psalm, verse 14. And it just simply says, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. And also for 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, listen carefully to these words. Paul says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to Almighty God. Friends, I believe that Nick Wolanda is experiencing the heights of success because of his ability, catch this, to focus on the finish line. He's walked the Grand Canyon. He's walked Niagara Falls, the little Colorado River. He's walked over the Georgia Dome. I was blown away to walk him, actually walk over lava, <laughs> two towers in Chicago. He holds 11 Guinness World Records, and the guy's just amazing. But I, again, believe that he's achieved this because of his ability to focus on the finish line. Speaking of focusing, the premise for this morning is simply this. The degree of your focus today greatly determines the quality of your success tomorrow. Let me repeat that. The degree of your focus today greatly determines the quality of your success tomorrow. The story was told of a grandmother who was getting married for the fourth time. She was 94 years old. And news media bombarded her front lawn. And they all wanted to get this great story. And she began to tell this story that in my 20s, I married a banker. And one day, someone robbed the bank, and he didn't make it out of that robbery. And bless his, whole, bless his soul, he fell to his death, and he died. And when I was in my 40s, I needed some entertainment after that. And so I married a circus ringleader. 
And one day he was walking on the tightrope and he fell to his death accidentally and unfortunately he died. Oh, bless his soul. And uh, when I was in my 70s, I decided that I needed the Lord in my life, so I decided to marry a preacher. And uh, this guy was just an amazing revivalist, and unfortunately, because of all of the revivals, in and out, caught up with them, he had a heart attack, and he fell to his death, and he died. And she says, now today that I'm 94 years of age, I'm going to marry me a funeral home director. And that funeral home director is going to put me in a, a, a beautiful get, uh, dress and nice pearls, etc. And uh, one news reporter got to her just a little late, and she says, I'm so sorry, I'm running a little late. Can you just give me the condensed version of what you just shared with everyone else? She says, sure, sweetie, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. She says, in essence, I married one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four for the go. Again, friends, the degree of your focus today, the, the, the sermon is in pursuit of the prize. The degree of your focus today greatly determines the quality of your success tomorrow. NASA years ago ran into a dilemma while in out of space. The crew of astronauts couldn't take notes because of ink pens that would not properly work in out of space. The ink wouldn't flow downward because of the gravity. So NASA spent a decade developing a pen that can be used in out of space. It could write while underwater and in freezing temperatures, and it took them 10 years, and they spent over $12 million just on an ink pen that can be used in out of space. And what do you think our competitors, the Russians, did when they were faced with the same dilemma? They simply used a pencil. Again, friends, the degree of your focus today greatly determines, you'll catch it in a minute, greatly determines the quality of your success tomorrow. Friends, in approaching this Pauline text, one can see some strong similarities between the Bible's context in the world of 55 AD and our context and current setting today. And that just as the apostles and disciples had a race to run then, we have a race to run today. That's why I brought my running shoes with me to remind you symbolically that we have a race to run today. There's the race of time management, managing your time. The race of prioritizing what matters most in the kingdom of God. The race of keeping competing influences and negligent liabilities low while ensuring your goals, dreams, and aspirations remain high. There's the race of escaping the lure of this world's fantasies while staying grounded in God's reality. There's the race of maintaining a strong faith, strong focus, so you can have even a stronger finish. And then there's the race of doing, in the words of John Wesley, all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, and I add, while you can. You and I have a race to run, and our race is now. Paul says in verse 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? He says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Verse 25, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
Therefore, I do not run like someone raining, running without purpose, aimlessly, not just merely existing. I do not fight like a boxer, just simply beating the air. Paul says, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. New Covenant, understand that pursuing the prize of the high call in Christ is time sensitive. We have to train for it now. We have to study for it now. We must plan for it now. We must practice and prepare for it now. Our race under God and in God is now. In our text today, Paul utilizes the example of something as simple as a race, which has a starting point and an ending point. And I'm the kind, I, you know, the, the, the kind of person, I love to just sign up for stuff, but then I start thinking about, I actually have to run five miles. It's easy just to start the race. It's easy to sign up. It's easy to sign your name saying what you're going to do. It's easy to conceptualize it. But actualizing it is something altogether different. When it comes to a race, it's really not the starting point that matters most. You know what it is? It's the distance in between. And the question is, how disciplined are we for the distance in between? Because if we become disciplined for the distance in between, we can make it to the finish line. Amen, church? Again, Paul utilizes this notion of a race. It was Oprah Winfrey who said about running the race. She said this, running is the greatest metaphor of life. You know why? Because you get out of it only what you're willing to invest and put in it. Don't be content just being in it. Paul says be in it to actually win it. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But catch this, only one gets the prize. So run in such a way as to get the prize. And so, friends, in becoming disciplined for the distance to win the prize, to, uh, 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 to win the prize and to uh, 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 press on towards the finish line, here are just four things I want you to remember, just four simple things to jot down in your notes to remember. The first is simply this. If you're going to be victorious in running this race, the first is this. Determine your worth as a winner. Do you receive that? Determine worth as a winner. Hebrews 12 and 1 says it this way. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Determine your worth as a winner. Can you help me preach this morning and just nudge gently your neighbor and say, neighbor, just nudge them. It won't hurt them. Just nudge them gently. Say, neighbor, you're a winner. Determine your worth as a winner. Romans 8 and 37 says it this way. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors, not just conquerors, but we're even more than what a conqueror is. Think about that. So God has given us inspiration and given us a deposit, if you will, by way of the Holy Spirit, and that we are all winners in Christ. My uncle used to say, when I was on the construction site with him, he was teaching me how to nail uh, plywood on a roof, and I, I kept hitting my thumb. And he says, he says, little Dave, I know you're hurting, but a winner never quits and a quitter never wins. Keep at it. 
winner never quits and a quitter never wins. So determine worth as a winner. The second thing that we have to keep in mind as we're running this race is direct your focus on God-sized goals. Direct focus on God-sized goals. He says, well, what are God-sized goals? God-sized goals are given to govern your thinking and determine your time so you're focused on God's big picture. Amen, church? The story was told of this uh, wood carver that would visit high schools. And he would take these huge blocks of wood wherever he went. He would uh, carve out the school's mascot within a day. And one day he was at a school and the mascot was, a, was an elephant. And so this wood carver took this huge block of wood. Can you imagine that? And at 8 a.m. he started carving out this massive elephant. And at the end of the day, the students were in awe. And one little girl walked up to him and she said, sir, how in the world did you carve out this massive elephant? And the wood carver says, oh, that's easy. I just simply cut away everything that's not an elephant. Direct your focus on God-sized goals. What if we can get a glimpse of that? What if we can begin to practice that, that we cut out everything that's not of God? Everything that operates as a hindrance in our lives, we cut it out. Everything that operates as a stumbling block uh, or outside distractions, we carve those things out to remain fixed and focused on God-sized goals. Again, the premise for this morning is the degree of your focus today greatly determines the quality of your success tomorrow. The third thing that I want you to receive in your spirit this morning is if we're going to be victorious in making progress towards this finish line, is we have to learn how to deny self and delay gratification. We have to learn how to deny ourselves and delay gratification. I digress just a quick minute because I'm a professor at bethune Cook University. I teach understanding faith uh, in what was once the school of religion is now religion, philosophy, and Christian ministry. And I'm always amazed because I can tell every semester when refund checks have been admitted. Because the students will come back a month later with all of these new clothes and new cars and jewelry and fancy shoes and fancy belts. And they have not learned how to deny self and delay gratification. They want it all right now. And they'll go to the stores and they'll blow their refund checks. And I'm always telling them, hey, you need to invest that. That may be the down payment on your apartment when you make it in grad school. We have to learn how to deny self and delay gratification. Matthew 6, 16 and 24 says it this way. If anyone would just come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's making progress towards the finish line. 1 Corinthians 9 and 26 says it this way. I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. Here it is. I beat my body and I make it my slave. That is Paul saying, deny self. Become disciplined for the distance ahead. I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. We have to learn how to deny ego. We have to learn how to deny better pride. Deny our, our desires, our selfishness. Deny our opinions at times 
so that the greater good can go forth for the glory of God. Learn how to deny self and delay gratification. And the third thing, the, I'm sorry, the fourth thing that I want you to hold on to is simply this. Regardless of how difficult the journey becomes, how uh, challenging the race becomes, please don't forget this point. Decide in your heart of hearts, decide never to give up. Church, decide never to give up. I know that we're in a challenging season right now. We're in a liminal season right now. A lot of things just seem kind of off kilter right now. We're still uh, coming out of the fog of a pandemic. Decide never to give up. The story was told of Joseph Aguardi from Tanzania, who was a runner. Joseph was in this race representing his entire country, and they were so proud that he had finally made it to the Olympics. And Joseph, in the middle of the race, something awful happened to Joseph. Joseph tripped and he fell down and he scratched his knee badly and scratched his elbow, dislodged his knee and, and, and scarred up his elbow. And Joseph had to pull himself back together. And Joseph, even though he didn't come in first place, he got back into race and he continued to run that race. Some of us have experienced some conflicts along the way, some scratches, some heartache along the way. I believe that God sent me to say today, don't give up. Continue the race. Joseph continued towards the finish line. And when he made it across the finish line, it was probably 15 minutes after everyone else had crossed. But Joseph was determined to finish the race. News media bombarded Joseph trying to get an interview. They wanted to make mockery of him. Like, why in the world would you finish the race? And, and the race ended 15 minutes ago. And here's what Joseph Aguardi told them. He says, my country of Tanzania didn't fly me 15,000 miles to start the race. But my country flew me 15,000 miles to finish the race. And see, in America, we were all like in awe when he tripped and when he stumbled, right? And some of us were like cheering for USA, right? So we were glad, right? But in Africa, they were more glad that he actually got back up and finished the race. He finished the race. And so, friends, in closing, I don't think Jesus was born locally to bless the world globally so the church could just start the race. I don't think he allowed a bouquet of thorns to be pressed in the crown of his head so the church could just start the race. I don't think he allowed them to pierce him in his side so the church could just start the race. I don't think he allowed himself to become persecuted, crucified, dead, and buried so the church could just start the race. But I believe he went through that and a whole lot more so the church could have undying faith and committed focus and unwavering fortitude to finish this Christian race. Scripture also teaches that the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but it's given to the one who actually endures Till the end. Are there any finishers here today? I just, just, just out of curiosity. Any finishers in the house of God today? I just came to remind you in grace and in Christian love to keep fighting a good fight of faith. Stay the course. Don't quit. And New Covenant, know that your labor is not in vain. Let us pray. Oh, Holy One, oh, gracious one, we thank you so much for the calling upon our lives. We thank you for the grace that you have given us to finish this Christian race. Lead and guide us in your Holy Spirit. Keep us focused on what pleases you. Help us to block out outside distractions 
As Nick Walanda was walking on the tightrope, he wasn't concerned about the elements blowing against him, but he was praying to his father who was working for him. Help us, oh God, to finish this race. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.